In today's world, humanity suffers from various kinds of issues like addictions and compulsive behavior. Being addicted to substances, alcohol, nicotine, caffeine and various other aspects of life. Uh, today I want to talk about five keys to self-discipline. The thing about self-discipline is that it is necessary for everything you do in your life. You have to be self-disciplined. If discipline comes from somewhere else, uh, it's very, very hard to remain consistent because you tend to resist. So these addictions and compulsive behaviors, which can lead to psychological fits like depression, manic depression, all these things, essentially what it means is, in some way, we are not able to make use of the discretionary dimension of who we are. To be human essentially means this, that though we have our instincts, those we have our needs, a human being is capable of employing his discretionary mind in such a way that he can go beyond his needs, he can go beyond his compulsive behavior. Now, one thing I want to straighten out big time, discipline is not punishment, it's not. Discipline is training, that's all it is. I was talking to my son one time and I asked him, and I, it was weird because I was trying to see if he really knew what it was all about. And I said, hey man, you know I have to discipline you. What is discipline? And he goes, punishment, punishment, when I do something wrong, you punish me. I was like, no, no, discipline is training. If you change your mind, your mindset, and really focus it on what discipline really is, you start to welcome discipline. You welcome self-discipline into your life. Let me start with the number one key to self-discipline. Unlike other creatures, a human being has the ability to employ his discretionary mind in such powerful ways that he can even go beyond his fundamental needs of life. The whole system of yoga or what we are calling today as inner engineering is essentially about gaining the ability, having the ability to employ the discretionary dimension of who we are. Remove temptation. You must remove temptations if you are going to have self-discipline. I'm trying to say, if you are trying to lose weight, if you are trying to get better, if you are trying to do things in a good, good way, you have to remove the temptation. Discretion means that we can conduct our life the way we want it, not the way we are compelled by the situations in which we exist or the chemistry of our body or other kinds of influences upon us. Going beyond our chemistry, Going beyond our genetics, going beyond the situations in which we exist, a human being can still craft his own life the way he wants it. Avoiding temptation is a way of life. By doing one thing differently, you can avoid all kind of temptation and it is a key to your self-discipline. The basic process of inner engineering is to empower a human being 
to be able to employ his discretionary dimension in such a way that he can move his life to a dimension beyond his present level of existence. It's wild because I see trainers and they're in the gym with people and, you know, the guy or girl that they're working out hates their workout, hates it because the discipline is coming from somewhere else. You, it's something that you dread every time you go in, you don't really want to do it. It's like, ah, but oh no, my trainer's here. He's about to, you know, beat me up and make me feel crazy. Well, the truth is, every trainer should work his way out of your life. Anybody who's working you out, your teachers, your trainers, your people, they have to train you to get out of your life so you can go ahead, do your own workout, do your own thing, practice self-discipline. You got to know about it. It's going to show up when you don't want to show up. It's going to show up at the worst time possible when you want to be successful. It's going to say, take the easy road. Take the easy way out. You got to learn your brain like your brain has learned you. The most important conversation you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. You wake up with it. You walk around with it. You go to bed with it. Eventually, you act on it. Whether it be good or bad. Number two is to eat regularly and healthily. You know, in therapy, there was a call, there was a, a phrase that we used to use all the time called HALT. H-A-L-T. And that means when you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you have to be really, really conscious of what's happening. It's called HALT. Anytime you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, HALT. Look at what you're doing. Examine it. If you're hungry, get something to eat. If you're angry, calm down. Think about where you are. Get yourself in a good mood. If you are lonely, call a friend. Call someone you know. Talk about your thing. Talk about your emotion. Talk about how you're feeling. And if you are tired, get some rest because that is when you're weakened. All of those four states of being is when you are at your weakest spot. And it's very, very, very hard self-discipline week. If you want to really consistently make the gym a part of your life, set your clothes out for the gym the night before, and it will remove the temptation to not go to the gym. When you wake up, you all of a sudden have your clothes there, and you just hop in them. You're depressed because you're not doing shit with yourself. You don't find inspiration by not living in the grip of life. You need to live in the grip of life to find inspiration. Put challenges in front of yourself. When you put a challenge in front of yourself and you attack it, that's when you find inspiration. Try to be 10% better than you were last week. So if you're running 30 miles a week, run 33. If you're swimming 500 meters, swim 550. If some of you aren't doing shit, your 10% is just getting off the fucking couch.